0: Welcome to Mosaics, a podcast featuring the vibrant and diverse stories of refugee resettlement in Idaho. I'm your host, Holly Beach, with the Idaho Office for Refugees. So, today we're here with a special guest from Idaho Falls named Amadi. Amadi served as a transport pilot in the Afghan Air Force before relocating to Idaho in 2022 through a private sponsorship group, along with two other pilots from Afghanistan. He now works as an intern at the Idaho National Laboratory in Idaho Falls and is working toward an electrical engineering degree at Idaho State University. So Amadi, thank you so much for being here and welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure being so, in this podcast. Yeah, we're
0: so happy to get to know you today. Um, let's start off by just sharing a bit, please, about yourself and your background.
1: So my name is Amadi. I grew up in Afghanistan and basically in the last 20 years, I was able to go to school, finish school, just uh, somehow had the opportunity to join the Air Force and become a pilot. And that was the way that I served Afghanistan. uh, I served in the Afghan Air Force. And uh, after the fall of Kabul, I left Afghanistan with some of my colleagues. And after a long and difficult journey, I finally ended up in Idaho Falls.
0: Did you even know Idaho was a place before? Did you have any expectations about what Idaho or the U.S. would be like before coming here?
1: No, I didn't have any information about Idaho. Like uh, I knew some of my friends, they used to live in Idaho. I asked some other people about Idaho. They were somehow mixing Idaho with with Ohio, Mm
0: -hmm. so. (laughs) Happens a
1: lot. (laughs) It happens a lot, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I did some research and Idaho was the closest to my hometown. I'm from uh, central Afghanistan, which is mostly mountain, sometimes desert like uh, and Idaho is the closest to my hometown. Somehow, it also reminds me my hometown. Mm. and uh, hopefully fortunately, I met a lot of nice and good people in here. They basically just I feel like home in here.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah. You had a resettlement journey that was a little bit different from many other people who have been refugees in that you had a private sponsorship group um, of Idaho fall residents who came together, raised money and said, we want to sponsor people and give them an opportunity to live here. So you and the two other pilots were able to be part of the same sponsor group. Can you talk about what it was like to have a sponsor group and what did that mean? like? How involved were they with your life when you resettled and did you develop friendships with them? What does that look like?
1: It, 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 it has been a very good opportunity. And I, I think like it, it was a blessing for us because uh, through the sponsor circle, like we have been supported, uh, they have supported us for 90 days, but even after 90 days, we, uh, we are still in touch. Somehow we become friends. We, they invited us to some of the like uh, I mean, the ceremonies and they introduce us to the, to the community and it has been a very good experience uh, and I'm really grateful that we have the opportunity to meet them.
0: I know in like people's first few weeks of resettling, mm-hmm. there are so many appointments and orientations and things to go through. What was that like for you? Mm-hmm. Was it overwhelming? Did your sponsors like help walk you through all of that? Did it feel like receiving a lot of information and then trying to remember everything. I imagine that would be really difficult and disorienting.
1: Yeah. Somehow it was, uh, we, uh, we spent it, uh, we spent like, uh, eight months in a refugee camp and, uh, and somehow we didn't see outside for almost like eight, nine months. Mm. And when we got here, we were like eager just to explore the city to go just to the parks. And when we got here, it was, uh, April and it was still cold and uh, the shocking was that we hardly could see anybody outside <laughs> especially in the parks and that was a uh, that was kind of like a like a shock that mm-hmm. we hardly could see anybody and uh, regarding of like appointments we didn't have much appointments just the medical checkup and our work permit everything received it on time
0: okay so you just that's, I didn't realize you had to be in a camp for so long in your transition and there wasn't a lot of outdoor engagement there you were mostly stuck inside
1: yeah so the first three months when we after we left Afghanistan we were in Tajikistan mm-hmm. and basically it was like a detention we didn't mm-hmm. have our cell phone basically we didn't have almost no contact with our families and we were just like in a limbo bare minimum food just just barely most of us lost a lot of weight wow. due to stress, not good of nutrition. And after we went to Abu Dhabi, just for the paperwork, or waiting, medical checkup, everything, we still didn't have much of interaction with the outside world. It was mm-hmm. just the inside camp.
0: Wow, that's a lot to go through so suddenly. You have a wife and your parents back in Afghanistan. What's that been like now? It's been... Over two years, how do you stay in contact with them, and what kind of hope do you have in the future timeline of being able to be with them again?
1: Yeah, so this, that's that's the hardest part of like my life right now, mm. just being far away from my family, my wife, and uh, it's the situation is even worse for them, like being separated, and also like my wife used to go to school for OBGYN, mm-hmm. and after the Taliban took over she can't go to school and basically just she's staying at home mm. and it's much harder for her and almost for, for every girl, for, for everybody in Afghanistan, just going through. And uh, it's very terrible over there.
0: Yeah. Does your family have access to food and medical care and things like that? Are they doing okay with those aspects of life?
1: Oh uh, Yeah, hopefully. Uh, my dad, unfortunately, he lost his job
2: Mm.
1: So basically, they all rely on my support. So I'm able just to work and just somehow support them financially from here, and it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Were you able to get an affordable place to live in Idaho Falls? I know across the US, affordable housing has been challenging. Did you end up living with the other two pilots who came over? What's that been looking like for you?
1: Uh, I I have a great roommates. We have known each other from Afghanistan. And somehow we, we did all the journey, to Tajikistan, like all of them are just together. Mm. And it's, it's very fun to have them. And regarding of the housing, uh, fortunately, the uh, sponsor circle, like, uh, they helped us with the housing, like for the first year, the housing was provided by the church mm. and they were on this, we used to live like rent free. And after that, and we also going to school, all of us. So somehow the sponsor circle, they they knew our sponsors. They are sponsoring a Ukrainian family. Somehow they, that, that house have a basement, which we are living now,
2: mm-hmm. which
1: is still rent free. And uh, somehow it helps a lot on how we can help, uh, how much we can help our family. And also just uh, focusing more on school and somehow be able to pay the tuition, everything for school.
0: Mm. Sounds like a really supportive community. One thing I was curious about is, so through Idaho's Refugee Resettlement Program, most of the people coming to Idaho as refugees do resettle in the Boise area. So there are, there's more history of that here, more understanding of what resettlement is, a little bit more diversity. With Idaho Falls, there's no resettlement agency there. So there's not a steady stream of people resettling. Does that ever feel isolating to you? Um, have you found other ways to be connected with your faith, your culture, um, even though it's a little bit more of a remote um, part of the state?
1: Yeah, somehow last year we felt like kind, kind of like lonely. There wasn't, uh, like there was just three of us in the whole Idaho Falls. We didn't know of anybody else. Uh, but hopefully like we had some friends down in Pocatello. Mm-hmm. was pretty close. We used to commute there and I... I went some uh, a few times to Boise to meet a few friends. Then after we started school and there was the school, work, kind of got busy and uh, somehow that cleared our mind or somehow we just didn't think much about how isolated we are or, yeah, kept us busy.
0: You kind of found your own groove of mm-hmm. life.
1: Groove of life yeah.
0: Has the community been receptive to you and welcoming?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm. I was really like impressed, like how the community have been like so welcoming and supporting of us. Like the community college, uh, CI, have been so supportive of us. Like, they they helped us with schooling, everything. Uh, the community, the senator issues office, they have helped us a lot with some of our paperwork, and uh, it was a, it's a very good experience to know them.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's great.
0: Another unique thing about your journey and the journey of others from Afghanistan is people who resettle through traditional refugee resettlement do have a pathway to citizenship in five years where they can get their green card, they can take the citizenship exam and then receive um, citizenship. But as I know, many people like yourself from Afghanistan, others from Ukraine who came to the U.S. due to an emergency and came very quickly, Mm -hmm. there's not that same pathway what has been your journey like to figure out your status here in the United States?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a long and a stressful journey. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we have to go through, so we came to the U.S. based on two-year humanitarian parole, mm-hmm. and we have to apply for asylum. And we started the paperwork to apply for asylum when we got to the U.S. And uh, it has been like almost a year since I had my asylum interview and I haven't heard anything back. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's, it's very stressful. I'm, I'm more worried about like my family, just trying to get the paperwork done sooner, just to get my family here.
0: Yeah, I, it's, I didn't realize you were waiting so long for an answer. And if you were to receive asylum at that point, can you apply for your family to come here, or do you have to wait and for, for a green card or some other phase of the process?
1: Uh, Yeah, once I receive my asylum approval, then I will be able, I'm able to uh, just petition for my family. Mm -hmm. And after a year being asylee, then I'm able to apply for green card. Okay. Then a five-year to citizenship.
0: Can you talk about um, your life in Afghanistan, some things that you really enjoyed Mm -hmm. about the country and the culture, and even now in this painful period, what you're hoping for your country's future?
1: Yeah, I, I miss a lot uh, about the food mm. in Afghanistan, and uh, the family, my family, the our my friends, like the like the groups that we had. We just went camping, just gathering with the families. Somehow those aspects of uh, like Afghan life is that I'm missing now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I first met you, you were at Global Talent, and you were talking about hikes that you want to do. So it sounds like you really enjoy hiking and used to do that back home.
1: Yeah, I used to do that back home. Not quite often, but I, used, I, used, I, I climbed a few mountains in Afghanistan, and I wanted to do that in Idaho, too. And uh, There's there are a lot of good places like in Idaho. Like, it's like paradise, I think.
0: Yeah, right where are some of uh, your places that you've hiked in Idaho so far?
1: Yeah, I started uh, by climbing Bora. You
0: started with Bora. <laughs> That's yeah. such a hard hike. <laughs> That's the steepest, yeah. tallest mountain in Idaho. Way to start. I did half a Bora this summer, and my legs were on fire. How did you I manage mean, it?
1: I, it was very hard. I, <gasps> if if I didn't have any another friend climbing with me, uh, just if I was by myself, I would have just quit in the middle. But somehow I, I managed to get to the top and uh on the way up it was hard on the way down it was hard basically it was hard (laughs) all around
0: did you do okay i didn't make it to the chicken out ridge was that scary
1: oh that was a fun part okay you're not not afraid of heights
0: then yeah (laughs) well you were a pilot so of course you're not afraid of heights (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah it was fun especially like the top if once you reach the top the view is like it's very beautiful. You can see the like some lakes mm-hmm. and like it's it's very I don't know how to describe that. It's like that feeling. It's pretty yeah. beautiful.
0: Yeah, even from halfway up, we did about 2 miles up and turned around, but even from there it was just breathtaking. Breathtaking. Oh yeah. well, good. I'm glad that you've been able to explore some of the Idaho's beauty. It's one of my favorite things about being here. So for your career, um you're you're studying electrical engineering. Did you have any mm-hmm. hopes of continuing your pilot and flying career or are you hoping to go in a different direction and what do you hope for your career going forward
1: yeah so i'm i'm not sure with my flying career right now as you know just uh, if i do it by myself it's quite expensive mm-hmm. and so right now i want to focus more on the electrical engineering just to get this degree done. If I had the opportunity to continue with the like flying career just or to maybe take my license and maybe just fly as a hobby, mm. uh, that's, uh, that's, that's still unknown, That I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do you love to do? Like, what are you passionate about work-wise?
1: Uh, you mean about the work?
0: Yeah, like with electrical engineering, what draws you to that field?
1: Yeah, I I used to like uh, just uh, playing around with uh, broken TVs, radios. <laughs> like, since since I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, I used to I used to build like a windmill when I was a kid. A windmill. Um, a windmill. Yeah, oh, I was wow. I, I installed it on my rooftop. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that's great.
1: Yeah, so I I really enjoy electrical engineering. So basically, I when I go to school, that's that's the only way that I can just release like the, all my stress. Like I get so focused on the on on the class mm-hmm. or, or the lab, somehow I forget about uh, all the crazy stuff that is going back, going on in Afghanistan. And somehow it gives me peace of mind.
0: Yes, yeah. that's when you know you found your flow is when everything else fades away and you're not even paying it- attention to what time it is. Uh, yeah, that's really cool you remind me of my little brother he, when we were kids he was always taking apart some appliance he found a motor one time and like taped it to a spoon and he would like stir his chocolate milk
2: <laughs> oh them. that's very smart
0: <laughs> just little things like little he still was always working on something so I'm, I admire people like you who can use your brain and your hands that way I never quite had that skill so kudos to you thank you yeah, that'll be fun. I uh, when your wife joins you here, I wonder if she'll want to continue her OBGYN career. Idaho needs more OBGYNs. So, yeah, that's she...
1: for sure. That's what I was following like so far. I was uh, I got some information about the nursing program at CI, the uh, I don't think ISU. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I to have a good nursing program, but I'm not sure about OBGYN program.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's I'm just exploring some programs that maybe when my wife gets here somehow she 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 will have like a better pathway and she doesn't have to go she doesn't have to go through all the hardship that we are going i'm going through
0: yeah you're kind of setting up a good place for her here and i hope you get to reunite soon it's hard to know that people have been separated from their families for so long thank you so much also when you're all in Boise, I, there's a new Afghan restaurant opening in Boise. Oh, really? It's called Taste of Persia. Oh. We'll have to check it out. Taste if you of miss Persia. the food. Oh. Yeah, it's an Afghan woman and she's opening it up soon. So I'll keep you posted. But Oh, maybe that's so nice. Can, yeah, maybe you can get a taste of home, <laughs> a little comfort. Yeah, so I know food is very different here. What else have you found to be very different about American culture? I mean, obviously you worked with the U.S. military, mm-hmm. so you had exposure to American culture before getting here. But... Um, is there anything that kind of stood out to you or surprised you um, in mm-hmm. funny ways or just weird ways? Like, yeah, what stuck out to you about the culture differences?
1: Uh, yeah, the, I think that like, the, what I found difference, like, it wasn't, like, my expectation. Like, in Afghanistan, like, almost, like, all of you U.S., like, a lot of U.S. soldiers that we, I saw, they were, like uh, like, very, like, tall, like, very you know, muscular, like, I mean, like, somehow... I was thinking that maybe in the US, almost everybody is like that, mm-hmm. or everybody's like doing Johnson, The Rock. And, uh, yeah. When I got <laughs> here, everybody was normal. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely not a bunch of Dwayne The Rock Johnsons walking around in Idaho. That's yeah. Funny. yeah. Okay. So you've been in Idaho now for almost two years.
1: Yeah. Right? A year and a half. A year almost. and a half. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: And. Um, as you look ahead toward your future, what do you see for yourself or what do you hope for yourself and your family?
1: For my family, I somehow I, I, I just think with myself just to get my degree done, to get my just get a job. If I could get a job at the INL, that's, that's my goal, to work at the INL, somehow be able to contribute to the advancement of science and technology and be able to get a house in here and somehow mm-hmm. raise a family.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: what kind of work are you doing currently at the INL and what's it like working there?
1: So I'm, I'm doing an internship with the electrical engineers and I'm not able to share more details about it. So I, I was a, applied for a lot of internships at the INL and some other companies. I have res, I've got the one internship with Curtis Wright. I've got an offer from them unfortunately they required green card mm. so i wasn't able to do that and i was able to also to get an internship at INL. and somehow over the course of a summer i worked with them and somehow they were willing to keep me around <laughs> and work around my school schedule and that's uh sorry i'm really happy with that because what i learned at school i can apply it and what i learned from my mentor and it helps Thank me you. a lot with my school.
0: Wow, that's great. I love it when it lines up where you can apply what you're learning to the work you're doing. That's really great. Top yeah, secret that's... work. I get it. Can't share <laughs> My brother worked at a lot before, too. So I, I get the top secret nature of that. Very special, though. <laughs> I told that to my boss when she asked what I've been doing for the week. I'm like, it's top secret. I can't tell you.
2: I can't, I can't talk to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's a great career path, and also much needed. So, I'm glad that you were able to get connected there. What else have you enjoyed doing? Um, if you have time for anything else, I know you've been studying a lot, working a lot. Any other um, things that you enjoy? Are you a secret opera singer or something?
1: <laughs> oh, not really. I I used to do a lot of camping this summer. And right now with school, I don't have much time with camping. But uh, like uh, yesterday, I met with a friend who used, who is a pilot, and somehow I was able to borrow his flight simulator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Somehow I I might just set up the simulator and somehow practice and just review or practice flying yeah. for possible like maybe future if I was able to get my license. Somehow still to just to keep up to date with, with the flights.
0: Have you tried out the simulator yet?
1: Oh no, I just got it yesterday, okay. and I was busy with the uh, homework and yeah. and and the test and exam. So,
0: do you miss flying?
1: I really miss flying. It was it was very fun. That was my dream, uh, and uh, it's a totally like new world just to be able to fly, and uh, I really miss it
0: totally new world like what tell us what the experience of flying was like for you
1: i, I did my training in a fighter jet mm-hmm. so it was like we used to do like a lot of maneuvers like a loop everything oh. and that was like it was like a, I had a feeling of like a freedom that i could do like a, just fly like a bird or so maybe just do some cool stuff in the air and basically flying above the cloud and when i went back to afghanistan it was also like a very good experience that i was able to help my colleague the ground troops and somehow be able to uh, support the ground troops that was that was really a good experience that i will carry on the lessons that i learned from that just for the rest of my life
0: mm. that's a really cool way to serve how did you cope with what happened, you know, with the fall of Kabul and and everything that you've been working toward with this discouraging setback? I mean, how were you able to cope with that?
1: Yeah, it it has been hard. Like uh, I I've talked to a few uh, other veterans, and somehow like uh, it's it it was a it was a very hard hit on all of us. Somehow seeing like losing friends, losing colleagues on this way, and somehow thinking that. They have lost their life almost for nothing. That's the hardest feeling that we have, that mm-hmm. that I have. Mm-hmm. But somehow, if if I can't do anything about it, if I don't have any control over it, so I try not to worry about it mm-hmm. and just focus more on then more on what I can do or what I have control over.
0: Yep, that's that's a really difficult lesson, but we all have to live our lives that way, I think, because. There's so much out of our control, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't fight for what we care about and what we want to see in the world. What do you want to see for Afghanistan someday?
1: I really want Afghanistan to be the way it was, like in 20 years, like almost everybody had like freedom. They could go to school, women, girls, they could work, they could go to school, had they could write, and that's uh, that's what I wanna just I want to see, or I want. I have that in afghanistan and i most importantly i want to be able to go back to afghanistan somehow like if it, it situation change or just to be a situation in afghanistan i was i will be able to go and see my family my, my parents everyone mm-hmm.
0: what would you want americans to know about what it's like to be a refugee
1: being a refugee it's 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 not easy at all it's it's not easy at all like basically most of the refugees they they just came to come here just with a day pack just a day pack and having it toothbrush to paste that's it and just the whole like lot of problems or just difficulties that they have to rebuild a new life and uh i think like i as a like when i got here i saw like there's like a lot of opportunities the school like the work and everybody like there's there's nobody that uh, sets anybody back that not to work hard or just not to go to school somehow so i really like encourage see like from different point of view that like these opportunities are not many people have these opportunities around the world Mm -hmm. so just take advantage of these opportunities and somehow just improve yourself your life and somehow be able to contribute to the society and be able to just make the world a better place to live yeah.
0: mm. well thank you well thank you for sharing your story um we'll definitely have to check out that restaurant someday mm-hmm. taste of persia and let me know about any good hikes you find and i'll let you know about any good hikes i find because
1: yeah you know. that's for sure and for sure i will i will like just let me know just let you know keep me updated if- restaurant opens i would love to check that out yeah uh, well,
0: yeah well thank you so much for being on mosaics today sharing your story um sharing about your experience we really appreciate connecting with you and if anyone wants to hear more about um, the sponsor circle that we've been talking about joe and kim mitchell are members of that sponsor circle in idaho falls and they did come on the podcast in july so check out episode 10 if you'd like to learn more about that Um, As always, you can reach us at mosaics at idahorefugees.org if you have any feedback or suggestions or if you want to recommend anyone else to come on the podcast. So thank you all, and thank you, Amadi. Have a great rest of your day.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for joining the conversation. For more information on how to be involved with refugee resettlement, please visit idahorefugees.org. Mosaics is produced by the Idaho Office for Refugees with grant support from the M.J. Murdoch Charitable Trust. Music by the Afrosonics. Production in partnership with SB Studios.